Good morning, Real Life Church. Um, if you have your Bibles with you, I will be reading from it, so get them out. If you don't, that's fine. I, I've got it printed out here, so I'll read it to you. If you have not met me before, my name's Melanie. Um, I'm married to Stuart. We moved here five years ago to start Real Life Church. Uh, I was trying to think how to sum up what I do, really. Uh, I'm a mummy and a wife, and I keep a home and do all of that wonderful stuff. And I, in Real Life Church, I look after the young, so I look after the kids' work, and then oversee Charlotte and Ben as they lead our youth work. I look after events and stuff we do in the community, so anything really where we're reaching out to people who don't know Jesus or trying to encourage people to uh, take a look at us and what we're like. Um, I love people and I had for myself a, a real encounter with Jesus when I was 20 years old and believe in his ability to break in into people's lives supernaturally and save them. Um, and I absolutely love the young uh, so I love young people and kids and uh, if I'm honest it's probably partly because I would just love to see hundreds and hundreds of them encountering Jesus in really real ways and walking, stomping through their teenage years, knowing him, loving him, walking into marriage, walking into careers, just knowing him and loving him. Uh, I'm prophetic, I enjoy hearing from God and love sharing it with people. I enjoy uh, hearing something of what God wants for people and enjoys for people. So that's just a little summary. If you don't know me or haven't met me yet, that's just a few things I like. I also love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I could literally eat a whole tub before the film comes on. So during the trailers, that bit where you're just supposed to be like preparing yourself, I can nail a whole tub, easy. I love hot chocolate, I love going out for hot chocolate and cake, oh, probably one of my most favourite things ever. So if you ever want to spoil me or treat me, just invite me out for hot chocolate and cake or just drop a tub of Ben and Jerry's round on the doorstep and leave, that will be fine. <laughs> a spoon on the top would help, then I don't have to waste any time. This morning I want to speak to you about, and really I, I was thinking about this, I called this preach, Home is Where the Holy Spirit Is. But in actual fact, what I really want to say is home is where the Father is, the Son is, and the Holy Spirit is. And they're such a beautiful uh, family, such an amazing God to have come and be a part of our lives, to take up residence in our lives. So I call this home is where the Holy Spirit is. Um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about my home first before we get into what it looks like for the Holy Spirit to be at home in our lives. So if you've ever been to our house, you might sit there and think, well, I don't remember it being like that, but okay. Uh, but in my head, this is what home looks like for me. So, so our home is clean. I would never describe our home as spotless. I have uh, two small boys and one big boy who works from home. And so I'd never describe our home as spotless. It's clean. Uh, I like things clean. I like to know the toilets are clean, the kitchen's clean. You know, I like to know those things are clean. It's cosy. Uh, I, there's nothing better for me, if I'm honest. I know this makes me sound like I'm 100 years old. There is nothing better for me than an evening where I just kind of curl up on the teddy rug and I get like 
one of my Starbucks, this is one of my new Starbucks mugs, get my Starbucks mug, fill it up with hot chocolate, grab a box set, this is the latest one that I'm into, a little bit of Heart of Dixie, uh, just, if you're a girl, just lovely, and I like to kind of curl up and get the blanket round me, oh, oh sorry, am I not supposed to do that? I like to curl up, get the blanket round me, and get Get some good TV on, get a big mug of hot chocolate and have a watch of something and have a snuggle in. If I'm in my PJs, that is like the ultimate heaven on earth for me. So sometimes when the boys go to bed, as they're getting into bed, and I, I've literally got my PJs out on the landing ready so that when I close the door, I can just like whack them on. That's, that's, I like it like that. I like to have an area in my home that's cosy where you can really just snuggle down and just shut the world out. I like it to be contemporary but not fashionable. Not fashion for fashion's sake, but contemporary. So it's, it's up to date, in touch with stuff. I like to be able to see us in our home. So my husband collects Lego minifigures, uh, which apparently are not toys. So when I get them all down and the boys pull all the heads off and swap all the, apparently they are not toys, okay? Uh, there are other Lego fans in the room nodding in agreement. Uh, we have like a cabinet in our, in our lounge, glass fronted, you know, the Billy uh, Ikea cases, and a whole shelf is full of Lego minifigures. If you walk around our playroom, there's loads of artwork that the boys have done, there's bug tracks and there's cars and there's, there's loads of things that look like them. If you open our cupboards, my shelf is full of Starbucks mugs, all different ones that, that I just like having. Uh, you can see Paw Patrol and Octonauts and it looks like us, our home looks like us. And, and I like it at the end of the day to pack away the kiddie stuff so that we're not tripping over it, but I don't want it to look like we don't have children. Like I want it to feel like there's us in it, but you can also see our people in our home. So you can see bits of their artwork and some of their photos and some of their gifts that they've bought us. You can see our friends there and our family there. So when you walk around it, it's, it's a mishmash of lots of people. Our home is a work in progress. I walk around it every day and I think, oh my gosh, must get that job done. Must get that done, must get that sounded, must get that fixed. It's a work in progress. Our house is useful, so during the day it works one way and during the evenings it works a different way. It's partly why we bought it. In our home, we love to see the kingdom of God advancing. So we pray over every house we've lived in that people will be saved here, people will be delivered here, people will be freed here, people will be healed here, people will encounter Jesus here. We pray that over every house we've lived in and we've always seen that in our house. We recognise our home is God's. I walk around it on a daily basis thanking God for it. I know that we'd never in our own, even with our own finances, I know we'd never be able to afford the house we're living in. I know it was on the market way beyond our price range, but I know that God gave it to us. And I know that he used others to help us get it. I, I walk around it every day feeling like I live in something that is God's gift to us. It's not that I walk around and go, yep, I earned it, check me out. I walk around and go, my God, you did this. And I love that. We love to have fun and celebrate in our house. We never miss birthdays and we never do a half job with them. If you stay with us, live with us or are a part of us, your birthday gets celebrated. Got to be honest whether you like it or not. 
We love to celebrate stuff. We're real in our home, so the truth gets told in our home, which isn't always easy, but it is right. We love being around the table. We just love food, and, and we just love to have people around and sit around the table and eat and chat, and we'll do any kind of food around the table, so we love to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and we set the culture in our house. So how we behave in our house is how we would expect others to behave in our house. So I am really relaxed about shoes in our house. I didn't grow up in a house that was relaxed about shoes. I am relaxed about shoes. I wash the floors multiple times a week because I have a steam mop. <laughs> and I don't mind. And so we're relaxed about shoes. If people would prefer to have their shoes on, they can have their shoes on if they want to kick them off. That's fine by me. It's, it's our culture. We set the tone. So we tend to eat our food up at the table. We tend to say thank you at the end and please can I get down. We set the tone. That's, that's, we set the culture of our home. If you've got your Bible with you, turn to John 14. I'm going to read the whole chapter. I initially was only going to read a little chunk. And then as I read around it, I thought, oh no, blow it. I want to read the whole lot. So John 14 it says this, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it's my favourite translation just to be able to connect with God and read easy, so don't let your hearts be troubled, trust in God and trust in me also, there is more than enough room in my father's house and if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, this is Jesus talking, when everything is ready in the house, I will come and I will get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. I love the disciples. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. How can we know the way? <laughs> Jesus told him, I am the way the truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. And Jesus said, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me, this is one of my favorite bits, uh, from John's Gospel. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the, the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Some translations say a comforter, a counsellor, an encourager. He will give you another one that's like me who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because he isn't looking for him and he does not recognise him but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. 
No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live with you, you will also live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commands and obey them are the ones who love me. Because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and will reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other one, he said, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and we will make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you and will remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to see the Father who is greater than I. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's get going. It's the language of home that is used in this part of John's Gospel. And Jesus is talking to the disciples because he knows what's coming. He knows he's about to be arrested. He knows he's about to go to the cross. He knows he's about to die. What he also knows is the disciples are going to see that as defeat. They're going to see that as, oh my gosh, our Saviour, our Messiah, who told us he was coming to rescue us, is now dead. So he needed to be clear about where he was going, what he was doing. He also did not want to leave that group of people alone. He didn't want to leave them with that sense of, we've lost. This is so he promises them the Holy Spirit. He says, the Holy Spirit is with you now, but he will come and live in you. He will come and effectively move in. When I move out or when I move up, he will effectively come and move in. Jesus is getting a room ready in his father's house and the Holy Spirit is getting our house ready for that room. It is the language of home that Jesus knows the disciples will be easily able to connect with, easily able to understand. And you find that with quite a lot of Jesus' stories. They're just things that people go, oh yeah, I get that, fishing. Oh yeah, I get that, home. Oh, I get that, making bread. Yeah, that's, that's good. I, I can connect with that. So he's using the language of home just to connect with them, really. But he also wants us to understand that when he comes and takes up residence in our home, he's wanting it to look like him. He's wanting it to be like him. So I don't know about you, when I move into a new home, one of the things I want to do is make sure that it looks like me and make sure that it doesn't look like the previous people. So instantly, I hate their choice in wallpaper. I hate their choice in carpet. Oftentimes, I do hate their choice in wallpaper and carpet. But sometimes, it's just purely because it's not mine. I want to see it changed. I want to see it look like us. I, I, I want to move stuff out and move stuff in. We moved into a house once that was empty, upstairs and downstairs. 
but the loft was still full of their junk. So they'd moved out, we'd moved in, but the loft was full of their junk, old Christmas decorations, an old tyre, why would you put that in a loft? An old tyre, old roll of carpet, old school books, just old library books. It's like, man, that's one heck of a find when it's been there since 1975. Um, so we had to clear out their junk. So we walked around and thought, brilliant, they've cleared out. No, they hadn't. The loft was full of stuff. When the Holy Spirit moves in on our lives, oftentimes he has to clear out junk so that he can move his stuff in. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit is moving in. He's saying, the Holy Spirit's coming, the Holy Spirit's coming. And the disciples know that they're to gather together, they're to wait for the Holy Spirit who is coming for the Holy Spirit who's moving in, for the Holy Spirit who's taking charge. So I want to talk to you about this morning is what it means to have him at home in your lives, what it means to get comfortable with that, what it means to move out some of your stuff and let some of his stuff come in. These are things that Jesus says about him. He says, the Holy Spirit will help you and will be with you forever. Do you know, as a Christian, you can never say, I'm alone. It's, it's just never true. You might feel alone, you might feel lonely, but when you get saved, what it says about you is that Jesus basically takes up residence in you. He comes to live in you so that you might live. So if you are saved here, if you have made a commitment to Jesus, if you have prayed a prayer that says, I'm sorry for my sins, I thank you for the cross and I want you to come and live in me, he lives in you, and he stays in you. It's not that he looks around your house and says, oh no, there is way too much junk here. If only you had told me that you had done this, this, and this, I wouldn't have bothered unpacking. It's not like that. It's not even like that when we get stuff horrendously wrong. It's not that he looks around at our lives and goes, all right, you stuffed up again, so I'm out of here. He comes to live in our house permanently. He makes our home his home, and he comes with us wherever we go. It's one of the annoying things about being a Christian as well, because you just can't get away with stuff. Because no matter where you go, he's there. So you think, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave church. I'll just drop off. What you fail to understand is that he is still with you. And so when you get that conviction or that niggling or that anger, he's, he's still there. When you've had a bust up with your husband and you think, I know what I'll do, I'll just go and fake it. I'll just go and I'll smile and I'll be around everyone. You know that horrible, uncomfortable feeling where the Holy Spirit's going, no, 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 I'm still here. I'm still with you. I'm still not going to let you get away with that. He goes with us wherever we go. We never get to say we're alone. He brings with him all of the stuff that Jesus moved in. So when the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our lives, we should be expecting to see healing, miracles, salvation, all the stuff that Jesus brought with him. So it isn't just that we should experience the Holy Spirit and be shaking, 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 and then we go away and nothing changes. It should be that we encounter God oftentimes for the sake of the world, oftentimes so that we can just take it out there and go, actually, I've got something of God in me. I want to pass it on. I want to give it away. So you see, when Jesus walked around places, it almost felt like the sick just couldn't stand. 
So he would walk past people who would receive healing. They would touch him and they would be well. It was like in his presence, people were healed. People's lives were changed. You see, the, the demonic, whenever Jesus is walking around, the demonic is manifesting itself and yelling out and throwing kids onto fires and just all this dramatic stuff that you think, actually, they could not be silent because the Son of God was walking around. So we should expect, it should be commonplace for us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit to see the same stuff and more of than Jesus saw. And sometimes, I know, it doesn't marry up. Sometimes we think, oh, I've prayed and prayed and prayed and it's not happened. That doesn't mean that it's not supposed to happen. That doesn't mean we should give up on it. When we're full of the Holy Spirit, all the Jesus stuff should be going on. What the Holy Spirit loves to do most is to show us Jesus. What Jesus loves to do most is to show us the Father. They're, they're in this relationship where they just love to glorify, illuminate, show us the things of God. In worship times, what the Holy Spirit loves to do is help us to see Jesus, honor Jesus, love Jesus. We should expect, if I'm honest, our worship to be full of scripture, praising, if the Holy Spirit's moving, we should expect it to be loads of stuff about Jesus. We should expect scripture after scripture of he is glorious, he is wonderful. It's why we try and make sure all our worship songs have that kind of feel of look at him, isn't he splendid, isn't he amazing. It's what the Holy Spirit loves to do. And sometimes when we think about the Holy Spirit, we think about an event where we might stand there shaking or we might fall over or we might laugh or we might cry or, or nothing might happen. We fail to understand that if we love Jesus more, that's the Holy Spirit at work. If we understand Jesus more, that's the Holy Spirit at work. If we read our Bibles better, if we see things more clearly, that's the Holy Spirit at work. And it's as impressive as a, as a shaking, it's as it affects our lives when we experience the Holy Spirit and he shows us Jesus more. He also is at work in us, convicting us and challenging us. And I don't know about you, but it isn't my most favorite thing to have people set, point out what I've done wrong. It's and it takes a brave man or woman to do it with Melanie Crane. And I know that. I, if you're one of my friends, if you're married to me, I'm sorry. I know that it isn't easy to say, actually, you got this wrong. The Holy Spirit is amazing at it. When he convicts a person, I tell you what, it's uncomfortable. You can't get away from it. And it, nine times out of ten, leads you to confess your sin and sort yourself out. When I got saved... I used to swear a lot, and it, it took me quite a few weeks to work out this new people that I got saved into didn't, and they must have had to have been so gracious with me, because I remember one life group, someone sharing something, and I exclaimed something that was like no way, but it wasn't no way, um, and it was just the way I spoke, and I hadn't worked out that this bunch of people didn't speak like that. 
I didn't even really think it was sinful. It was just the way I spoke. All my friends spoke like it. Everyone at work spoke like it. I never spoke like it in front of my mum because I would have literally, no matter how, even today, a bar of soap would come out and it would be washed. Um, and it, literally it would be. So um, I would never speak like that in front of my mum. Uh, but everybody else, that was how I spoke. When the Holy Spirit got hold of me on it, it was gone just like that. And I remember chatting to some of the people around me saying, why didn't you say something? Like, I'm so sorry. And they were like, no, 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 we knew God would get you on it, and when he gets you on it, you're all done. And I was like, oh, thanks. They just gave me a little bit of space. They didn't deal with, they helped me read my Bible. They didn't sort my swearing out. They said, we know the Holy Spirit, it won't take him long. He'll have you on that. And he didn't just have me on that. He had me on thing after thing after thing. Because when God says, I'm having that out of your house, there aren't many people that say, no. I, I, I might argue with Stuart. I might argue with one of my best friends. I, I don't often argue with God. Uh, maybe a little bit, and then I go, oh, yeah, okay, you're God. When the Holy Spirit puts his finger on stuff, nine times out of ten, we're giving it away. When the Holy Spirit works like that, it's as amazing. When the Holy Spirit says, that in your house, that cannot stay. When you hand it over, it's an amazing experience. We regularly clear out our physical home. When the boys get a little bit older, they grow out of toys, we're regularly going around saying, this is out of date now, this is not useful um, and, and we pass it on and we get rid, we get rid of broken stuff. I say to the boys, like, they're your toys, they're yours to look after. You break them, they go in the bin, I'm not replacing them. So that, that's, that's the way it works. So toys get thrown away when they're broken. There's things in our life that, that, that God just wants to say, come on, give me, and I will replace it with this. And I, what he replaces it with is the Holy Spirit. What he says is, you give me that, I give you this. And it's always a better exchange. So I will take your sin and your rubbish and your junk and your broken stuff and I will give you more of him. And he will cause you to love Jesus more, to honour the Father more, to worship better, to read your Bible better. Why would we keep the junk? And I know sometimes we just, we just become accustomed to the stuff. And we wrestle with God and go, oh no, it's my favourite thing ever. And God's like, it's not mine. It's not my favourite thing ever. I would like that gone. So I, I boxed up a box of toys. I don't do this anymore. Now what I do is if the boys are outgrowing stuff, I box them up, I put it in the garage for two weeks. If they haven't asked for anything in the box, they don't know what's in the box. If they haven't asked for anything in the box, it goes to the charity shop. Because I have had to buy back stuff from the charity shop. That, so, Asha once, I bought up a whole bunch of stuff. One thing was a, a peg. You know the wooden hammer and the pegs that you bang? Bang, 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 bang. Outgrown it, but also it was doing my head in. Because the hammer was getting bashed on Levi, on the floor, everything. So, bang, 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 bang. So, it, that got boxed up that when we walked past the charity shop. He saw it in the window. One pound fifty. And he just wanted it. And in the end, I was like... Man. So we go in, we buy back our toys, and he then has it at home. Sometimes we're like that, aren't we? The Holy Spirit takes stuff, and then we're like, actually, can I have that back? Can I, can I pay the price and just have it back? When we hand over stuff to the Holy Spirit, and he works in our life, it is amazing. And I don't want to belittle the, the one-off infilling of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to belittle it. But actually, the Holy Spirit's way more than that. 
the Holy Spirit is, is living and active and supposed to be moving in on our lives in increasing measure. He brings obedience out of us. The more we're obedient, this is what Jesus says, the more you love me, the more you will obey. So the Holy Spirit is helping us see Jesus, learn about Jesus, encounter Jesus, and the more we love him, the more we want to say yes. So sometimes our obedience issue isn't necessarily an obedience issue, it's an encounter the Holy Spirit issue. It's because we've shut ourselves off and we've gone, no, I will not be encountering you, I will not be meeting you, and then we wonder why our obedience slips. My experience is the more I encounter Jesus, the more I love him, the more I read my Bible, the more I connect with him, the more I'm willing to give away because for goodness sake, he's God. And why, why would I not, when he says, can I have that? Why would I not go, yes, of course. The more I'm meeting him, the more I'm loving him. He reminds us all about Jesus. All the time, he reminds us. He's on us, like, remember Jesus, remember Jesus, remember Jesus. Remember what he's done for you. Remember how much he loves you. Remember, remember, remember. And he's like that. I don't know, I, like, I'm like it with my kids. I, I'm always grabbing hold of them and going, remember who you are. So I I was a little mean this morning, so I take him out there and, you know, blah, 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 and then at the end I go, remember who you are, Levi Crane. He says, yes, mommy, I know, I'm kind, I'm generous. Because <laughs> we've got this down to a pat now, remember who you are. That's what the Holy Spirit does, he reminds us who we are and who Jesus is. The more we connect with him, the more we get of him, the more he can remind us, the more he can touch us, the more he can change us. So when we're ready, he teaches us. Hands up if you read your Bible. Hands up if you find it really hard sometimes to read your Bible. Hands up if in your heart of hearts you would like to read it every day, but there are days when you fail. Yeah, oh, I'm so glad to be in such good company. There, the Holy Spirit can teach us. He is your best friend when it comes to reading your Bible. In fact, you know, scrap your notebook and your pen and all of that. What you really need is him helping you read it. I would never dream to open my Bible without saying, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me read it. Help me understand it. Help me learn more about Jesus. I, I, I would always pray that prayer and always expect him to do that job. He is there to teach us because he, he's... He works alongside Jesus, who is the teacher. He's there to show us Jesus, teach us about Jesus. The more we encounter him, the better we understand our Bibles, what he's done, great big truths. It's, it's what I pray over Alpha. I'm praying every week, Holy Spirit, help people see, help people understand, help people learn, listen, connect, help them do it. And he gives us courage and peace. When you're spilling out of control, when you need help to do things, he's the one who rushes in if you say, could you help me? I'm lacking peace, I'm lacking courage. I, I want to say something, I want to do something. I can't, I can't do it in and of myself. I feel like the Holy Spirit is like rubbing his hands together going, yes, when we get to the end of ourselves and we say, I can't do this. I feel like the Holy Spirit is like, at last, come on then. 
And that's when he loves to rush in. So sometimes at your most broken or at your most weakest is when God rushes in. And sometimes he is waiting for that. He's waiting for us to hit that place where we're like, I do not have what it takes in and of myself. I need you. I want you. I can't do this without you. So I feel so strongly about healing and the miraculous. Partly because I just read my Gospels and Jesus, that's, that's what he did. That's how he demonstrated the kingdom. That's what he's like. That's what God is like. He loves wholeness. That isn't a brand new, new agey thing, wholeness and well-being. That's a God thing. They stole it, having it back. Wholeness, mind, body and spirit, that belongs to our God. He loves to make people well. It's what he delights in. Why it doesn't always happen, I do not know. It's still what he delights in. He loves it. But I need courage because I have stretched out my hands and prayed for people who've got worse and some who've died. So maybe don't get me to pray for you. I have also stretched out my hand and prayed for people who've got well. But I believe with my whole heart that that is part of why we still draw breath and are on the earth. Because actually the kingdom is still advancing, still coming. And I believe there are people out there that have not encountered this yet and do not know him. But sometimes it takes courage to be able to step out and do these things. When you let the Holy Spirit into your home and take over areas of your life, he can do all these amazing things and more. I want for us as a people to be very at home with the Holy Spirit so that when we say, let's pray for him to come, we just walk in as if we live here. We go, oh yeah, sure, Holy Spirit. I'm going to snuggle right into that. I'm going to grab the blanket and I'm going to pull it round me. And whatever he wants to do with me today, I'm going to accept that he is good and that he knows me. And that what he has for me is good. I want us to be a people who are up out of our seats saying, yes, please, Holy Spirit, I want you to change me, love me, know me more, help me see Jesus, help me see the Father. I want you to help me worship. I want us to be a people that are engaging with the Holy Spirit like that. I've got to be honest, sometimes when we pray for the Holy Spirit, I will find myself just being a little frustrated because I think there is so much more for us. I always think that. I think it's part of my prophetic gift. I always think there's so much more for us as a people. There's more encounter, but there's more expression for us as a people. And I think I would love it if we would learn to really just engage with the Spirit in our life groups, at home, on a Sunday morning. For some of you, that means you need to get saved because it's very hard to know the Holy Spirit when you don't know Jesus yet. So for some of you, you just need to get saved. You need to become a Christian and begin that journey. For some of you, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you've become a Christian and you're loving Jesus, but you're like, I could do with a little bit more. The Holy Spirit wants to come and fill you. And I do believe in a one-off infilling of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that's tied up in your, when you get saved, and sometimes it's a totally separate event. I do believe in that. And I think for some of you, you just need that. For some of you, it's been so long since you've just met the Holy Spirit. 
And for some of you in this room, you're just Holy Spirit junkies. You just love it. I would say, don't be embarrassed. Don't think, oh my gosh, no one else is running up there for it. They're going to think I'm the crazy one. Run up there and think that the others are the crazy ones. If there is an offer to receive the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit, for goodness sake, let's go for it and invite him in to take over more areas of our lives. Invite him in to move our stuff out and his stuff in. How am I doing for time? Oh, perfect. Okay, I'm going to finish there. What I would love us to do is worship and then at various points we'll just pray for the Holy Spirit to come and just do some stuff with us. If you particularly feel like God's put on your heart words of knowledge or things you would like to say or do, I, I would encourage you to be on the front foot. I would love us to just encounter the Spirit of God this morning. And for some of you, that will mean that he will just bring you into a more focused relationship with Jesus. For some of you, he'll be highlighting the Father. For some of you, he'll be saying, I want to read your Bible with you, let me. For some of you, he'll be saying, that bit of junk in your life, I want it out now. It's been there way too long. It might be in the loft and you might think it's out of sight, but no, no, no. I see all things. So I'm going to ask us to stand and worship Jesus.